Yes, I have never been on the USS Salem. And uh, we're in the stateroom, cool. I guess it's called, or the Admiral's room. The door says stateroom. Sam says the Admiral's room. Well, it's a stateroom. Stateroom, Admiral's room. Uh, it's our seance room now during the haunted attraction. Okay, so we nobody knows about the haunted attraction, so that's what we're going to talk about now. Uh, this is Sam. Baltrusis. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the author of 13 Most Haunted. Yeah. In Massachusetts. And you are also associated with this event that's going on here at the USS Salem. Yeah, I was brought on because I've written uh, seven historical-based ghost books. And um, so this vessel was featured in 13 Most Haunted my, from last year. I wanted to update with my new book. And I'm actually working on a book coming out in a couple years when you take a location... Um, and turn it into a haunted attraction. So if a, if a location's haunted, so it's haunting the haunted, okay. you know. Um, and and we're, so we're have the, the, there's a lot of stuff that's coming up with that. For example, the S.K. Pierce Victoria Mansion, they're turning that into a haunted attraction. Mm -hmm. What what happens when you add you know actors and fake stuff to what I believe is real stuff that's going on? So there's the paranormal activity that's happening on this vessel that was already here, and it's kind of um, conjuring up, or it's uh, it's the activity is kind of off the hook because of what's going on with the haunted attraction. Mm -hmm. wow. So let's talk a little bit about this book and the, the history of the USS Salem. You go into it a little bit. I go into it a little bit. I go into the paranormal history. Exactly, that's what we get. Yeah, at. yeah. So I mean, for here, um, like there's a, there's multiple names. Like the the names that I, I tend to go with what people call it, or what the locals call it, or people that stay on the vessel. So they call it, this is the Admiral's Quarters, or this is the State Quarters. Um, but yeah, the history is, it, really, it was built, it, it's, uh, it's, not a, it's not a battleship. A lot of people think it's a battleship. It's a, it's a heavy cruiser. Um, it was built in the, the late 1940s, um, right at the tail end of World War II. Um, it did see a lot of death, though. It saw, um, in 1953, it was 400 people were uh, died either in Greece or they died on this vessel. And they used this as like a triage facility. So in my opinion, a lot of the energy here was related to 1953 and what happened in Greece, which was, the earthquake was... Um, horrific what happened to these people and the energy could have psychically imprinted itself on this location wow. mm -hmm. well it's definitely I don't know I just feel like as soon as we've gotten on you know I'm already feeling kind of funky <laughs> yeah. so without wine that's good oh my goodness some big curtain just fell down behind <laughs> us <laughs> that's the ghost uh -huh. <laughs> anyway so Sam I, I know that They've been investigating the ship for quite a while. There's been a couple of groups involved in it. And uh, what are some of the experiences that that uh, have been in here in particular? Well, I want to say the, the so 2009 Ghost Hunters came here. Um, so you you were here before 2009, right, when you were investigating this location? I'm old. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Um, well, this is my theory, and you, we, you and I have talked about this before. I think people are bringing their stuff on this boat, mm -hmm. uh, or on the ship. I think that the investigation is 
bringing up stuff that wasn't here before. Um, and they may be bringing their own stowaways or their own attachments here. Because um, now it's extremely active. And if you go to a lot of the locations that have been on these shows, like Ghost Adventures, Ghost Hunters, or even just with tons of paranormal teams coming in, um, it's all of a sudden very very active <laughs> and your theory and you brought this up and it's going to be in my next book uh -oh. we had this conversation um, that perhaps that the ghosts are coming here for the attention Ah. They're they're wanting the attention. That's one I that's one theory. Uh, and it's also you know it could be it also could just be that you're expecting it to be haunted. So you're like oh what's mm -hmm. that my neck hurts oh what's this. Yeah. So it could be um, your mind playing tricks on you too. Um, but I, I I personally think that um, that they opened a portal of some sorts and spirits that may or may not have been here before kind of um, they have more energy or I, I would say they're more ghosts. And I think there's a lot of residual energy that psychically imprinted itself on the location. Mm -hmm. Whether it was the trauma of giving childbirth after you know going through an earthquake right. in Greece and then having a baby uh, and I'm, that's going to leave a psychic imprint on the location. And that happened for 23 women who gave birth on this vessel in 1953. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's the interesting thing, because it before it was a paranormal attraction, it was a regular attraction, and there wasn't really a lot of reports of paranormal activity. There was some, but it was very low-key. Mm. But once paranormal groups get involved with it, you're right, just like you said, it seemed to up up the activity. Mm. Uh, so th that's an interesting thought, and, I, and this was a, a heavy cruiser. You can always tell a heavy cruiser because they're named after the cities, like the Salem is. It's named after a city, <laughs> Battleship States. So that's how they. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. Name <laughs> so, um, Sam, now you've got involved with this attraction, and what is your involvement going to be in it? Well, I initially came in as a consultant. Um, the consultant was to make sure they get the history correct as much as possible, and also the paranormal history, which which is even more important to this attraction. And then it kind of transferred from that to becoming the manager of the paranormal aspect though. So um, I I personally, I, I fought kind of tooth and nail to not, we have a Ouija board here and I'm not, I'm not a big fan of ha including Ouija boards. And the Ouija board is, is, a, is set up to be part of, they were kind of bringing in elements of a haunted attraction to what I believe is real. Mm -hmm. And so there's a kind of a cross of boundaries of what's real and what's not real. Um, kind of thing going on. So I was brought up mainly to hopefully to, to maintain the, the integrity of the paranormal investigators that are involved. I'm a paranormal researcher. I'm not an investigator. So we actually have uh, people who do the investigation mm -hmm. on the vessel. Okay, so let's let's talk about the attraction itself. I mean, you, you're talking about paranormal investigators and as a haunted house, basically. Right. Okay, so what, first of all, what's the name of the attraction? Where can people get tickets and stuff like that? Well, it's called Ghost Ship Harbor. Uh, the people that, uh, that d designed it are from Las Vegas. And, of course, if you're from Las Vegas and you come on the opening night and it starts raining, they, they don't have rain in Las Vegas. But you go to, <laughs> you go to, you go to ghostshipharbor.com uh, to purchase tickets. A lot of our first weekend was sold out. So it's already, it's yeah. already got a lot of buzz going out there. And so it's my job now to make sure that the, uh, the experience is uh, 
fantastic for them. It's spooky and what they're expecting. And you know, like, does, are they are they expecting to have a full fledged investigation? That's something that I'm kind of dealing with too. We tell them that it's an experience, so it's going to be just so kind of getting uh, some stories. A lot of there's a one of the rooms that they go into. They go. We talk about the history of the USS Salem, and I have a gentleman Don who does the history of it, and he's worked on the vessel. It's been many years on this vessel. We have one room uh, with Rachel Hoffman, who is a female paranormal investigator who spent six years investigating this vessel mm-hmm. and she talks about her experience as a paranormal investigator and she uses tools like an eye ovulus and other tools like dowsing rods and pendulums and kind of the older school EVP sessions that she does with the group and this is under uh, 15 like it's like around 15 minutes so imagine doing an investigation or a tour with only 15 minutes mm-hmm. so it's kind of cramming it into a short <laughs> period of time and then there's the seance room the seance room is where we actually have a real psychic medium really? doing well, yeah. And what is her name? Well, we have multiple people. Cassie's doing okay. it, and then Christine's going to join our team too, mm-hmm. uh, and she's going to hopefully help us kind of work with Cassie in regards to the to do the psychic medium aspects of of, of the seance room. She's more of an empath, actually. Yeah, because I'm curious about that. You know, I'm very much involved, and uh, you know, I, I hold monthly red light seances, and you know, it's not anything. Uh, uh, attraction or anything, so it's genuine, at least attempting to be genuine right. in, the, in the physical mediumship aspect. But so, what is this seance going to be about? Are you attempting to connect with spirits on no. the ship, or what? What, what, is, what I've done is the thing is the people from Las Vegas who mm-hmm. do, do fright them. They wanted us to have like a Ouija seance room. Mm-hmm. I insisted that we turn it into. Uh, protection room so that they learn how to do the white light of protection around them so I'm kind of using this room as a, as a way to for people to um, protect themselves with the white light and also give them tools if there's any um, malevolent spirits or uh, if they're going on an investigation so this is went from a seance to something else yeah totally different yeah totally <clears throat> yes we're not connecting to the dead in this room okay yeah so it's actually it's a ghost ship right it's it's so it's kind of a quasi haunt, quasi brief investigation, or is it, or is is it, it purely separate? haunt? Are they separate? Or are they? Right. So you have you have two haunted houses, and then you have the paranormal experience. So it's oh, okay. it's a paranormal experience, and it's still a work in progress. We're, so we're figuring it out what we're I doing. Um, but they're gonna have just separate rooms, and like with this, this is the first room that they go into, and they keep going up into the very top, which is the wheelhouse of the vessel. And then they'll be able to have the history of the USS Salem, and they come back down and go through the second haunt. Okay, I can hear screams. Lovely. <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> Hopefully that's part of the attraction. No, it's no. not. Oh, I thought yeah. I just heard a scream. Did everybody else hear a yeah. scream? Yeah. Okay. You know what's interesting, <laughs> and, and, and uh, we're going to be talking to Steve Parson as well, and, and I want to catch his aspect of some of the theories behind uh, the ideas behind some of the stuff that Sam, Sam, um, Sam talked about as well as perhaps that thing we just heard what mm-hmm. it was. But yeah. I mean, my theory if I was a, a, doing a paranormal investigation here mm-hmm. is probably some of the pipes here letting off steam. That's what I would guess. And okay. I think in fact that was on um, on Ghost hunters, they had the same situation with reports of screaming, and you could, they they were able to debunk it. Mm-hmm. Although it sounds like a woman screaming to me. Uh, it just did. Yeah. <laughs> so perhaps if we have that on tape, we can play it again and, and have the audience decide what right? they believe it is. As yeah. Well. So, so anything it. else you'd like to add, Sam? 
I would like to add that um, that this vessel has been um, it's been fantastic. I love it. it's like you're working in history, and that's why I was attracted to, you and that's why I was brought up, brought on here. And it's kind of morphed into something else for me. And I, I I'm hoping that my experiences here will lead into further investigation, getting people passionate about the USS Salem. Because I think for many years there was a lot of issues going on not for people not having access. to It was closed. They weren't able to come on the vessel. So I'm hoping it would bring not people not only to the haunted attraction, but to this is a naval museum and have people visit it, um, do the Boy Scout sleepovers and other things that they have throughout the years. And hopefully get this uh, get the vessel. It's, it's, a, it's important to maintain it. And we're hoping that by having this haunted attraction, we're going to be able to uh, raise enough money to help with repairs, much needed repairs Excellent. on the vessel. That's that's my my motivation. My motivation is that it's extremely haunted, and there's a lot of material here. And then also, I want I want to uh, give back to history, living history. Yeah, that's that's the great thing about uh, the paranormal is that they do raise a lot of money to preserve some of these older structures. Uh, sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's not because uh, they end up. Uh, distorting the actual historic in integrity of the building or what or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But most times, it, it, you know, they're, they're able to preserve something for the future that uh, we wouldn't have. Yeah. So you know, I mean, you and your writing uh, certainly pr helps preserve it. But now this is a li living. Uh, story, so that's what makes it great. And it's gonna, it's jam packed with stuff already. I, it's like one day after another, it's an adventure, and I cannot wait to uh, write my next book on my experiences here. Mm -hmm. awesome. So after this, this, this attraction runs from all the way through uh, Halloween, all the way through Halloween. So after Halloween is over, will you still be involved with the ship? And any, I, any I think so. I I, um, I have a like my, my family are all naval um, veterans, and I just I'm drawn to it. Um, so I would I would like to spend more time here. I feel like that I'm I the spirits I, I feel that they're trying to communicate to me, and I want to have that. Um, it's kind of my duty as someone that can not sort of talk to the ghosts, but to, to tell their story. Mm -hmm. So I want to tell their story correctly, and that's what I that's my plan with my next book is to give the voice to a lot of the spirits who I think are Greek-speaking ghosts. And there's oh, a, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, cause I, I, and there was a, there's a frustration with the spirits. That, and we, we had an Iavos reading, and uh, you have a, able to translate, that that's important to translate. If they're speaking another language, mm -hmm. um, what, what do you do? And so, uh, so my goal is to hopefully give them a voice. Excellent. That's excellent. Now, uh, have you have you had any people, uh, Greek investigators, for instance? We had Greek uh, employees from Las Vegas helping to work on the haunts, and, and how was they heard direction? they heard it. They actually heard heard a disembodied voice tell them. Um, I'm not exactly sure what they said, but it's like he, he is finally here. Is what kind of what they said in Greek? So that's pretty cool. That's neat. So whoever he is, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Maybe probably. it's you. I don't know, um, but I, I hope I, I hope I can give them a voice. I think there's a lot of I would like for them to cross over if that they are bound here, they felt bound here. And I've had an encounter um, with a priest as well, which I don't think anyone else has picked up on a priest before. Um, and I, um, what I got from it, uh, it was that the priest was saying um, he was staying back to protect those still on the vessel. So there's a lot of there's a spiritual battle going on here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anything you like to add? Yeah. I just um, I think that this is a great 
thing. It's really terrifically interesting. Yeah. I think. Um, and I just I love history in general. So uh, best of luck to you. Thanks, Anne. <laughs> and if someone wants to get more information about you and your books. Um, for this specifically, go to thirteen number thirteen most haunted dot com. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, Anne. Awesome. Thank you. Thank okay, you. Bye. And welcome back. We're here with Christine Gula. And Christine, what is your role here on the USS Salem? I'm actually a vendor. Okay. Reading tarot cards okay. over in the VIP area. Oh, awesome. So now you are a psychic, psychic medium? All of it. All of the above? Yeah. <laughs> but I love the tarot cards. Psychic. That's probably my love. <laughs> and crystal ball. Awesome. Oh, really? Yeah. It was a Christmas ball, a crystal ball. I love those things. But they're so expensive, aren't they? Not really. Okay, what's not really? <laughs> About 50. <laughs> you don't know how cheap I am. <laughs> but th- those are great. Maureen uses one as well. And uh, it, what's really interesting, I, and now I don't know how yours is, but um, through the use of it, it t- sometimes it gets smoky or cracked and stuff. Have you had that? If it gets heated, it can start to actually catch on fire. Mm. So you've got to keep it out of the sun. Oh, wow. Um, But for the most part, you're seeing reflections that turn into something else. Kind of like when you're looking up in the clouds. Mm -hmm. And you just see pictures in the clouds and then something comes along similar to that. Mm -hmm. And it will just mold into different things, usually from the things behind you. Uh, I had the crystal ball. Yeah, yeah, I had the crystal ball out in one of the other rooms and um, it was odd what I saw in it. I saw uh, just everything shattered. So I I didn't know if there had been some type of an accident in that room or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but it was very odd looking. I'd never seen anything like it. Mm -hmm. It was just like a shatter inside the ball. Oh, that's kind of cool. Interesting. So you've had some experiences as you've worked here? Yes. As doing the tarot. Can you tell us about a couple of things? Well, I was walking through the ship um, with Frank from the Salem, and I felt, well, there was a lot of actors and people in costume, there, you know, they were all around, so I felt everything going lower, like charging at the bottom of my feet, mm-hmm. rather than walking through it, um, so we kept going further and further down the ship, and I, fo- I found a, I believe it was a cook large dark man in a hat I believe his name was Errol and also the the room that we passed by with the um, the leg braces oh right I felt a lot of female energy yeah. and just very for like, those who know what we're thick. talking about are we assume that that's for it's like stirrups it's like stirrups like an OBGYN right. okay. so we say stirrups. braces yeah okay <laughs> right. we, you, we should explain that you know. yeah there's a it's like a a, a medical facility area mm-hmm. and um yeah when yeah. when we first walked in Sam explained to us that yeah. at one so time did you try it out they had uh, no thank you I avoid those things and uh but I walked by the room and I thought why are there stirrups uh on that table so Sam explained that they had delivered babies here during, um, you know, a medical evacuation of, of in Greece. So right, that that energy in that room was just so heavy, mm-hmm. very thick. Uh, you could feel the female energy in it. Uh, we also went down to the CIC area, and um, there was a another hatch going down lower. I saw a blue orb, um, and it, 
felt like a very angry individual that started to turn their back on me. So it wasn't anything really negative, but it was just like it didn't want to be bothered mm -hmm. with me. And was just trying to talk to them, saying no one's trying to get rid of you, no one's trying to scare you off, stay around. And right. But a lot of um, a lot of energy just throughout different areas. That's almost inexplainable. Um, I had channeled somebody who was still alive in an accident they had. Um, I felt a shattered elbow, and it turned out somebody had shattered their elbow on the ship. He's still alive. Oh, wow. So I felt like the pain going through and screaming mm -hmm. from that. So almost an empathic type of. Uh, correct. Yeah. Maybe okay. that could have been the shattered, what you saw in your ball, your crystal ball? Possibly. I don't know. Possibly. Wow. Could be shattered dreams. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, you mentioned women aboard the ship. Now, before you came on board, were you aware of the history of it? Not too much of it. Mm -hmm. Not too, I hadn't really studied on it or anything. I just um, always loved this type of stuff mm -hmm. and actually applied for a makeup artist position. Really? Oh, damn. <laughs> I used to do right that. Yeah. <laughs> and I had done that years ago and uh, was applying for that and, you know, work as a psychic, so I ended up more as a vendor rather than doing the paranormal We piece. should hire to do the makeup for our show. Okay. God knows I need it. Yes, you do. Yeah. I have to admit, the one show I did, Haunted, uh, no, it was uh, not Haunted, it was uh, Hollywood Entertainment, and they had makeup artists, and it was like, I knew you sat there and you played all over your face and stuff. It's strange. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just weird, that's all. <laughs> I don't know. So, did we want to do something with the tarot? You were well, thinking well, about yeah, that? Yeah, I or? am, I am. I, I've been noticing a card, and I noticed they're very well worn, so you've had these cards for quite a while, right? This deck's been going about a year and a half. Oh my god, it looks like it's a hundred years old. <laughs> I mean, it's I, a lot of work. I, I guess so, I guess so. <laughs> so, I mean, you you are doing readings here. Do you do, do you do, do you do readings on your own as well? Yes. So if someone wanted to get a reading from you or, or find out more about what you do, can how could they do that? Um, I go by the Queen of Cups. I, Queen of Cups. I have a Facebook Cups. page, Christine Queen of Cups, that they Christine can find. And usually I, I network a lot, you know, word of mouth, that okay. type of thing, through mm -hmm. friends, going to venues. Um, I have a big following at Cape Cod over in Bourne. And I go work events out there like charity events, VFW events, Eagles Club events, that type mm, of thing. Okay. Um, so I, you know, go around different places, wherever they'll have And me. you'll be on the ship and doing readings as well. I won't be on the ship. I will be in the VIP area down below, That's which is page. under the tent, <laughs> okay. outside. So. We stuck you outside? But I'm under that great big tent where That's I'm true. VIP and... Well, the, the kind of, you know, goes into the tent, so mm -hmm. it's a nice little area over there. And people can come and get readings. Correct. So when you're doing a reading, say you're doing a reading in this VIP tent, and Sam and I t talked about it in our last interview, is that sometimes you get people that, that drop in. I call them street ghosts, but... Do you run into that when you do a reading? So it's somebody who wants to be heard because they know that you're you're trying to reach out to the other side. And that would be spirit. Yeah, a lot yeah. of times we do 
Um, I which wouldn't have any cards involved. Yeah. A lot of times we'll be doing a tarot reading mm -hmm. and we'll get somebody around them. So then we can kind of drop the cards and go right into the spirit right. and see if, what we can hear. Um, but it happens a lot. No, I mean, do you get crashes though? Not anybody associated with who you're doing the reading for, but somebody who's in the area that realizes that you're you're connecting to the other side, and so they just want to be heard, or so they, they crash. I've never had. It. Really? Okay, no, that's cool. I mean, just I'm curious because I have have spoken to other okay. mediums that have had that problem. Well, I try they, to keep it more like about the cards, I think, mm -hmm. because I think it so seems more concentrate so a little yeah, bit okay. less. Um, controversial okay and I you know I like to do it with good energy positive energy go up for mainly entertainment purposes mm -hmm. and whatever else comes with it right comes with it so okay. I just say like take it see where it goes okay it's always worked for me so I mean I noticed in this room when I walked in that there was a lot of energy here and talking with you talking with you was pretty strong um, but to me now, it seems a little different than it was. When you first walked in? Yeah. When we first walked in this room, both of my hands were in full pins and needles. Mm -hmm. And before you got here, I was saying it was already easing out. And I, it, over here in this area, it smelled like liquor to me. Damn. <laughs> and that was one of the things that happened. Um, I got somebody down... Oh, I can't remember which area I was in. That's okay. But it, I felt like he had been handcuffed, and that he, it, it was the area that he hung out in and, and had a couple of drinks. Okay. And it was a security area, from what I understand. Okay. So it was kind of interesting when that one came in. Mm -hmm. um, but it's all throughout, you know, and I never can tell where it's going to be. I find it up behind a lot of doors, mm -hmm. and I was leaning at those doors in the hallway on the way in. The boat felt, or ship, I should say, felt <laughs> it felt colder today. I'm not politically correct. Don't right. worry about it. Oh, they correct me all the time. Oh, well. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it felt colder today mm -hmm. than I felt it had. I don't know, Sam. Did you think it felt colder today? Like it was hot in here today. But throughout the walk here to here, yeah, yeah, it felt cold. And it was every chilly. other time I've been through. I haven't felt it that cool, so I felt like I was dealing with more of that. Right. Yeah. And um, when I felt near the area where I saw the orb, that person that I I felt it was a burn victim hmm. because I instead of it getting cold, it felt like it was all heated up. Hmm. Okay. And when we walked in this particular room tonight before everybody was here and we started filming, um, this room was stifling, stifling hot, and it, it was like walking through, I mean, right outside the door. Really? Right. Yeah. How do you find it? That's when, well, yeah. we've been in here for a little while before you got here, okay. so as we walked through the ship, and it was very cool, very cool, very cool, and I walked through the store and thought it was like walking into an oven, hmm. just like that, right. not, a, not a breath, hmm. so mm -hmm. very weird, okay. weird sensation. So anything you want to add? I don't think so. Anything you want to ask? Uh, Who wants a reading? 
Don't look at me. I just wanted to point out though, before I, uh, before I, we got we came in here to do the interview, uh, it was normal. It wasn't very hot. And then I went out to, p- to pick up Anne and, her, and the crew. We came back, and it was so hot in here. Um, there are reports of what's called the Burning Man. <clears throat> the Burning Man is uh, a, he's on fire, and he was, uh, he was from Greece. And uh, perhaps the Burning Man paid a visit to this room before we did the interview. We are on the USS Salem, wandering around and talking to whoever can give us some history on this uh, wonderful ship. And can you tell us your name? Yes, my name's Jerry Ionelli. I live in Quincy. Uh, I've been a volunteer on the ship for a little more than 10 years. Uh, The ship is an amazing ship. It's a heavy cruiser, which is one class below a battleship. It's uh, about 716 feet long and 13 stories high. Um, It had a crew of uh, 1,100 sailors and 300 enlisted men. Um, It has three turrets with uh, three 8-inch gun mounts. Uh, It's called an all-gun cruiser. Mm -hmm. The ship has uh, several different levels. Um, uh, We're constantly uh, painting and maintaining the ship. Um, in the uh, after the winter, we're supposed to move over one or two spots, but we're going to stay here in Quincy for five years. Um, the ship has every kind of compartment that you can imagine: uh, a tailor shop, a uh, t- cobbler's shop, a dentist's office, the uh, operating room. It has. Uh, um, four engines, four engine rooms, and each engine turns its own individual screw or propeller. Uh, we have a snack bar. We have uh, three mess decks where they fed the sailors. Um, uh, we have a weapons museum on board. We have ship's models. We have all kinds of Navy memorabilia. It's really a fantastic take if you have the time to come by. That's amazing. And now I know you said it's a cruiser. Yes, heavy but it cruiser. has the it has the guns. Has the guns. Did it ever see any any action? No, the ship was completed just as World War Two ended, uh, so it never fired its guns in anger. Uh, it was a admiral's flagship for for many years, meaning uh, the admiral was so impressed with the ship. I guess you could say he took it upon himself to make it his personal uh, ship. Um, flagship. Flagship. Um, so you've spent a lot of time on the USS Salem. Yes. Have you ever had any strange things happen? Uh, yes, as a matter of fact. Uh, I was on board in the winter one year. Uh, all the lights were out. I was with two other crew members, and I was... Uh, they were going down below. I stayed at the hatch on the top of the second deck while they were down below and all I had was a little mag flashlight mm-hmm. well they went down below and while they were down there I saw I thought I saw something go by on the opposite side of the ship that really made the hair on the back of my neck stand up wow. uh, 
I thought it might have been one of them going by with the flashlight. I'm not really sure what it was. I might have been seeing things. Who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, but that that was uh, very scary. When the lights go out on the ship down below, it's pitch black. There's no light. There's no windows. Uh, you really need a, a flashlight or something every time you go down below. I can imagine. Uh, well, thanks for sharing that with us. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if people, um, do you know, uh, if people wanted to learn more about the Salem, is there a website or? Yes, uh, there's some information on USSSalem.org. Okay. Um, Wikipedia has some information. Um, there is a couple of videos that uh, different individuals had made. Uh, of the ship that are available. There's also some um, paranormal clips uh, online. There's a, there's a, there is a good amount of information available. Okay. And we have several crew members that are very knowledgeable uh, about the ship. Mm -hmm. Do you still do tours? Yes. Uh, in the spring we'll be open again for tours. Um, uh, it's usually on the weekends in the spring, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, in the summer, if there's crew on board, we'll open the ship to uh, anyone that wants to uh, take a look around. Uh, it's a fantastic uh, sight to see. Uh, you can go from the from the bowels to the bridge where they drove it from. Uh, you can go inside the big gun mounts. Um, you can walk everywhere. Excellent. Thank you so much. That's, you're welcome. Uh, I enjoyed talking about the ship. Welcome to Cemetery Tripping, where I will feature a different cemetery in each episode that I hope you will seek out and enjoy as much as I do. As an avid taphophile, or lover of tombstones, I spend a lot of time in the local New England area in the beautiful and historic cemeteries we have here. The stones here are like no others, and I have literally thousands of pictures of the intricate and symbolic carvings found on them. You can see my pictures on Facebook by doing a search for Cemetery Tripping. Today I am discussing the city that is the namesake of the ship we are visiting, Salem, Massachusetts. Old Burying Point in Salem, Massachusetts is the oldest cemetery in Salem and the second oldest known cemetery in the country, started in 1637. What can I say about a cemetery that is situated in one of the most historically rich cities in the state? Given the tragic saga of the witch trials which occurred here in the late 1600s, it is a place that resonates with spirits and sorrow. It is located on Charter Street next to the Witch Trials Memorial and contains many famous individuals such as Jonathan Corwin and John Hawthorne who were judges in the Salem Witch Trials, Samuel Bradstreet who was a governor of Massachusetts, and many more interesting historical figures. The traditional death's head of most New England cemeteries are present here, but also some fantastic morbid carvings typical of the Puritan era. The stone of Timothy Lindahl from 1698 features a full-body skeleton and an angel with a scythe. There is a rare heart-shaped three-panel carving for the three children of Thomas Mould, Constable of Salem, the grave of Deliverance Parkman, a merchant, showing interesting carvings of double-sole effigies, one in cherub style and one in skull style, and numerous graves featuring death's head carvings with crossbones above them. 
Perhaps the most unusual epitaph is that of Daniel Richardson, who was killed by a moving house. I visited this cemetery on a raw and rainy day in October, which seemed fitting. The winding path which leads through the cemetery often contained grave markers right in the center of it, standing like lonely sentinels over the resting place of their deceased. I found one marker off in a corner of the cemetery all by itself, another under a bush covered with ivy, and an entire family plot around a huge gnarly oak tree, almost as if someone knew the stones would be sheltered forever from the elements. However, this cemetery is surrounded by the city, and the sight of graffiti on a wall overlooking the centuries-old graves reminded me of this fact. Many of the victims of the witch trials were not given gravestones and were buried in unmarked graves near the site of their hanging. Abutting the cemetery is the Salem Witch Trials Memorial, which is a contemplative, peaceful site that contains 19 stone benches, each engraved with the name of the victim and how they died. On the day that I walked through the solemn memorial, each bench had a few colorful flowers scattered across it, with rain shining off the granite. It made me stop and think of how horribly these innocent people suffered. When you visit here, as you enter the memorial, stop and look down at the granite and brickwork. Here you will see actual, selected transcripts from the trials of the victims with their professions of innocence. When you visit Salem, this is a site that should be high in your list of things to see. Give yourself plenty of time to read the stones and visit the memorial, and be glad that you do not live in a village where the tales of a few teenage girls caused everyone to believe that the devil was real, close at hand, and acting in the real world. And little more than a sideways glance could seal your fate. Here we are, deep down in the bowels of the ship, Jerry. Where are we? We're on the third deck in the uh, memorial room. There's a lot of artifacts down here. There's a lot of ship's models and Navy memorabilia. There's a mock-up of the uh, crew's lockers, uh, their cots, how they slept. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of memorabilia down here to see. Yeah, you tell me something funny when we, we entered the room. You said, I asked you, you've been doing this 10 years, and, and you said, uh, yeah, and I was in the Army. Yes. I thought I, that was kind of uh, interesting. I was. Why, in the, why do you do it? Uh, I live local. Uh, my family threw a surprise 50th for me on the ship. We had about 100 people uh, at a birthday party in the ward room. And during the party, the crew members took groups of 12 and toured the ship. And my friends and relatives were coming back saying, Wow, you wouldn't believe what we saw when we went on the tour. We saw this, we saw that. So I got a little interested and started coming by. Met the crew. There's a great bunch of guys here. There's always something to fix or work on on the oh, ship. Yeah. Uh, I just fell in love with the ship. So I, I've got to ask you, if you saw the uh, the movie Battleship, did you see that? Yes, I did. With the, the <laughs> aliens? Of, yeah. And they got the uh, the uh, Arizona, well, not the Arizona, which ship was that? Uh, do you remember? No, I don't. Whatever the big battleship going. Would battleship. that be possible to take the USS Salem out and fight aliens? Uh, I believe not. I think they've welded up the guns so that they can't fire when they turn the ship over to us. And I think they also made some changes to the engines to make sure we can't start it up and go for a ride. So we're pretty much screwed. Yes. All right. Thank you, Jerry. <laughs> okay. Well, we're here in one of the uh, rooms in the ship, uh, and I'm here with uh, Mr. Steve Parsons, the founder of Parascience, and one of the most respected parapsychologists in the U.K. 
So, Steve, you've been tagging along with us as we uh, bored the heck out of you on these little interviews and stuff, right? Unusually, this time you didn't bore the heck out of me. Oh, um, that's good. You've dragged me to some pretty dreadful places um, over the years I've been visiting. This is a very cool place. Oh, this you. is a 10. A 10. Yeah. Very good. I mean, and a first in terms of you organizing something that actually is worth going to sit. Well, I can't uh, even comment on that. But you were with us earlier, we interviewed uh, Sam and Christine, and they mentioned a few things, mm -hmm. and some of them I know you would like to comment on, because it actually, we want to look at the other aspect, because not everything is paranormal. No, I, I, one of the things that impressed me a great deal about uh, listening to Sam talk is when he, he made a very... The part that I was in his book? No, the, oh. the clear distinction between the haunted attraction and the investigation and the fact that there was this clear thing that they were setting up two completely different things and that there was no attempt to deceive in terms of the investigation. Mm -hmm. that, that, that to me was a very a refreshing thing to, mm -hmm. to encounter. You know, it's, it's interesting, too, is that uh, he talked a little bit about being in a haunted attraction, whether you had more paranormal experiences or not. Has there been any research done on that? Not that I'm aware of. We've certainly done experiments in haunted attractions, my own work uh, involving sound. Mm -hmm. We use Mary King's Close in Scotland, which is a well-known haunted attraction in the United Kingdom, uh, it, exactly for that reason, that it was a haunted attraction and that people were expecting to have a paranormal experience. And what we were interested in is, did they have more or less experiences if we added infrasound mm -hmm. to, to their tour? So we needed a haunted attraction. Oh, that makes sense. There have been some experiments where, in fact, Sam talked about it, where you're going into a location and even though uh, you don't know it's haunted, uh, you have experiences of a uncomfortable feeling in the same location uh, different people will have the, the exact same location and that is supposed to be the haunted location and uh, so those would be a little bit different than going into a like a haunted attraction where you expect them to be scared and be scared do you agree with that yeah Sam was, Sam highlighted rightly that um, people's expectations play a large part in what happens to them whether they're in a haunted investigation mm -hmm. or a haunted attraction mm -hmm. um, expe uh, expectation and belief was something that Sam was, was acutely aware of how, as, a, as, a, as a factor what was interesting is I asked Sam and um, the Christine, Christine what, the, what sort of experiences have been reported here mm -hmm. in the past and their own experiences right. prior to the establishment of the um, and they said, in fact, I almost preempted them by saying, has anybody had headaches, a uh, sense of being watched, a sense yes. of anxiety, which they agreed with. And Sam said, well, there's a lot of EMF here, a lot of He said there was a lot of electromagnetic energy. energy yeah. However, uh, there was something that um, I, I wasn't able to measure the electromagnetic energy right. in the, the location. But I was You didn't have a K2 either, is that what it was? No, but I did have a play with, with Anne's, and it wasn't registering that's very high. That's a shame, that's a shame. Uh, because, mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of electromagnetics, a big metal structure like this should be a very good Faraday cage. Absolutely. Um, so it would pr protect, you know, each room would be a Faraday cage almost in its own right. Uh, but what was interesting is the extremely high levels of low-frequency sound 
uh, both from the, the ship, from nearby uh, industrial processes, the, the work site that's behind us, the people that were banging and hammering, setting stuff up, mm-hmm. and also the fact that the ship is sitting in a bowl of a giant basin of water. Mm-hmm. So let me just stop for a second and saying that Steve Parson is also uh, probably the the utmost authority on low frequency sound and uh, our infrasound. Is that the correct term? As it relates to paranormal. As it relates to paranormal. Yeah. So, okay, continue. Go ahead. And one of the things that we've we've uh, studied uh, over back in the UK is the production of infrasound and how it radiates through water and then transmits to structures. And a boat is primary. You know, it, it, it's ground zero for infrasound. And I have a small um, app on the phone. It, it doesn't give me a scientifically bang on, but it will allow me to make some uh, fairly reasonable judgment calls on the levels, and they were they were right up there. And Today? So, yeah. Oh, and, that's and interesting. Exactly as I would have expected, which mm-hmm. is why I started to do the measurements. And so um, what are some of the effects of infrasound? Well, as I said, um, did anybody have a sense of anxiety mm-hmm. or, or headaches or... A nervousness that something's right. around. Combativeness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Palpitations, breathlessness, dry mouth. These are physical effects induced by the low frequency sound. Um, and Sam was saying that, yeah, they, they, they are commonly reported. Now, of course, you can't see it, you can't hear it, you can't taste it. And often it will be attributed to the intervention of the, of the paranormal. Oh, that's interesting. Now, the, uh, the screen. We heard a screen. Mm-hmm. And Anne heard the scream. We all did, actually. And they said there were no scream effects with this ha- haunted attraction. So they were, they were, I guess, insinuating that it may be paranormal. Have you any thoughts on that? Well, Sam, Sam certainly did say that he wasn't aware of any scream effects right. being used. However, during the, the later interview sequences, I wandered back towards the medical center and with, with some of the members of the crew, and we distinctly heard the screams again. Um, and the, beyond there are the setup rooms where they're setting up for the, the haunted house attraction. Mm-hmm. And upstairs, they were also testing a scream recording. Okay. Um, so I, I feel, feel fairly confident that Sam may not have been aware that they, they had a scream but that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we heard it three or four times subsequently. I mean, it's so interesting. You're, you're in a location. <laughs> we, you know, we were there. Anne was with us, and, and the, the cloth fell down behind us, right? Mm-hmm. The mirror was moving by itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had, uh, what else? There was, oh, the room was extremely warm when we first came in. I mean, even when I walked in, I, I felt the same sensation that if I was in a, a haunted location. Is, is that all attributed to infrasound or, or not? No, 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 no. Your sensation of, of oppression of being in a haunted house, mm-hmm. that might be related to the infrasound okay. um, because it has, that's one of the, 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 the well-known effects of it. Right. It doesn't often make things fall, um, certainly not, not drapes. And the, the mirror, possibly, we, we can, um, when we've used it in the past, we can cause chandeliers, some lights, power, some power lights, lights to move. Yeah. But we're on a moving structure. I mean, this this might seem to us like a big, solid lump of boat, mm-hmm. but it's a boat, and you know there there will be small amounts of movement. Okay. So it wasn't moving very much earlier in the session we were there. It didn't move towards the end, but it did move in the middle. Um, now it might might have been that us moving about because um, our, our Russ, our cameraman, was quite near it, and may have been sufficiently close to actually start it moving. And then 
the ship's movement. This is like St. Most Hard, you know, a cameraman. Well, it kind of reminded me, actually, of Most Haunted, really? because we've done stuff on ships, and you know, while we were sitting there waiting off camera while they interviewed somebody else, and yeah, it did kind of remind me of Most Haunted. And uh, speaking about Most Haunted, you actually investigated a couple ships. In, on we did, I did. Uh, whilst with my good friend Richard Felix. With our mutual good friend Richard Felix, um, we did... Uh, Shackleton's Antarctic research vessel, the Discovery, cool. yeah. and we we actually did two ships in one investigation. We did HMS Unicorn, which was a Napoleonic era uh, ship of the line, mm -hmm. and uh, we had some interesting experiences. Richard and I were left behind while the rest of the crew went off to throw stuff on uh, RRS Discovery, and um, oh, did I say that out loud? Mm. And uh, Richard and I remained back on the Unicorn, and um, we heard footsteps. We heard running footsteps on the same deck that ran past us and beyond us um, when they all came back oh you never guess what's happened stuff was thrown and oh, yeah. well they weren't really interested in what happened to us of course not uh, because it's a know, personal experience everybody wants yeah, to talk about their own, themselves the throwing of the ship's biscuits yeah, yeah the biscuits it's a place of discovery alright Steve anything else you want to add no it's just one cool place if you're in Quincy is it? Quincy. It's outside Boston. Right. I would head down here. It reminds me of a trip I did in um, 15 or 16 years ago to the USS Alabama, mm -hmm. uh, which is down in Mobile. It's a battleship. A big battleship. Yep. But they're not dissimilar once you're inside. You can't see how big it is from the outside. Right. All right. Thanks, Steve. Here we are, hip hopping on the USS Salem. It was an amazing time, wasn't it? It was a fantastic journey through this wonderful ship. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Were you tweaking a lot? Um, no. No? I was not tweaking. You weren't tweaking? I wasn't tweaking anything. Whatever. It was neat. What was your, what was your thoughts? Uh, I think that there's some real definite vibes about this ship, and I'd love to come back again. Wow, did you hear that? Uniform of the day. I don't know what that means. I don't know. Maybe should I change? <laughs> so anyways, we really did have a good time. We want to thank Jerry for taking the time. Oh, Jerry was good. And Sam and Christine and Steve Parsons and the rest of the crew for helping us out with this. Yep. And uh, we're planning a return trip. Absolutely. We're going to come back hopefully in the spring. Yeah. Although I think I'd like to come back for Halloween. Well, there you go. <laughs> so anyways. We want to give a shout out too to our fabulous crew, Zach and Russ, who took time out of that day to come down here and I didn't mention on the them show. I know, but you didn't say By name? name. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I want to thank Russ and Zachariah for helped us uh, with this amazing trip. So anyways, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, good night. God bless. along this uh, little tour we've been doing, haven't you? Take four. What the hell is that? Dead air. <laughs> Revenge. Five, four. Hi, I'm with uh, Steve Parsons, one of the most... <laughs> the first world. <laughs>
Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. We want to thank you all for coming out tonight to this dedication of our snack shack, especially Anna's family. The Viking Sports Parents would like to thank Superintendent Legault, the school committee, and the community for giving us the opportunity to honor Anna. This dedication is only a small way we could say thank you for all she did for the kids in the community of East Bridgewater. Anna wore many hats while the kids attended school here in East Bridgewater, including her reign as the president of the Viking Sports Parents for a number of years. And that was a job she worked at tirelessly. Whether it was shopping for the weekly football games, working with the snack stand during games, sitting in the bleachers, watching soccer matches, working with the administration on VSP events, or just being Anna. Mm -hmm. Someone you called a friend. Anna was a staple here at EB High. When the new school was being built, Anna spent a lot of time with the building committee and administration to ensure that this building existed. She was the driving force behind getting the snack shack on the grounds of the new field and that it was here to serve the kids in the community. It seems only fitting that with the time Anna dedicated to the kids of EB and the community as a whole, that this snack shack be dedicated to her so the future generations will see her name up here in the building and know how important she is to all of us that were lucky enough to know her. And now I'd like to call Superintendent Lagoa. Well, thanks for coming out this evening, even though, though the weather didn't hold up for us, but we tried. Um, I want to thank the Viking Sports parents for writing us the letter to the school district, uh, to the school committee, um, to myself. I brought it to the school committee, and I think, it, I think that it's only apropos that we, that we named the Snack Shack after Anna Kingfoy. I think it's important that the community continue to stay together um, and look at all community members as people who have come and helped build and continue this wonderful, uh, I call it the Taj Mahal of, of EB. Um, and this is just...
From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night, deliver us good law.